major spoilers theme song. Major spoilers theme song. Hey, uh, welcome everybody to the Major Spoilers podcast. If you are just joining us now, uh, it's General Talk Week. It's Major Spoilers General Talk. Private uh, Private Ryan. Uh, this General week. Talk. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so if you're joining us now, uh, we've already been whoa, a good 20 minutes into this conversation. If you want to hear more, head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers and you can catch 20 minutes of uh, unfiltered conversation about the uh, the coronavirus and so much more. Oh, <laughs> you know, you want to find out and you can get it for just becoming a silver <laughs> member. But everybody's here. You can I mean, listen you to can't, five minutes of get... shouting about who's on the in the Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Can, you, yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah, Corey from Boy Meets World. It's oh, it's man. all good times. It's all good times. Uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, we're talking about Picard. We were just talking about uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. I finally had a chance to watch Altered Carbon, the second season. I haven't watched the whole thing. I'm three episodes Anthony in. Anthony Mackie show. It is. It. I mean, he's not. He's not naked. I just naked. seen that image. You know, the the like marketing image that they have glued to the top of Netflix. He's like mm-hmm. naked, floating in a back to tank. Yes, yes, yes. But you don't see anything. <laughs> like um, the first season of disappointing. First season of uh, Altered Carbon. You did see full frontal. For everybody, everybody did uh, at least one full front frontal scene in that. Uh, there hasn't been any of that yet this season, and it's only I'm only into the third episode. But there's something that I that I noticed. Um, the first season used kind of a um, uh, it wasn't high key lighting because it was still very noir in the way that it was lit, but it used very bright pastel colors, light colors for the the meths. And, um, you know, things got a little dirty and gritty when you got down onto the street level and everything is neon and garish. And there was a big focus on on sex because the the whole point of the show was sex crimes. And um, this person who was basically dealing with a death brothel. Uh, so there was a lot of nudity and sex in that. This death brothel is the worst Decepticon. Yes, death brothel. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it certainly folds up into an interesting shape. Um <laughs> It's a Prius, dude. <laughs> Priuses are sexy. <laughs> I think you're confusing it with Priapus, which is an entirely different no. thing. So anyway, but here, here this season, they're going back into the uh, neon, the harsh neon lights because they're on a different planet. And of course, this is a the future set 40 years in the future. And uh, this time, all the garish uh, neon is highlighting over the top violence. Like there's a fight scene in episode three where, uh, Anthony Mackie, uh, Takashi, uh, what's his last name? Kovac. Oh no, no. Takashi Kovacs is his name. And, uh, he gets his like stomach slashed open and there's like stuff that starts to fall out before they cut away. Uh, so it's, it's pretty violent. Um, that being said, there were some pretty violent, uh, fight scenes in the first season. So this one is not, it doesn't have the, so far, it doesn't have the big major pull like the first season did, but it's still very interesting because I want to see where this goes. Uh, the first one, uh, you know, Kovacs had uh, Kovach, Kovach, yeah, Kovach had to Walter solve, Kovacs. yeah, had yeah. to solve a um, a murder and prove that it wasn't suicide. This one, he's hired to protect a meth, and these are people that live Methuselah, is a people that live for a long time because they just are so filthy rich they can clone their own bodies and just be transferred right back into their body without having to worry about uh, going insane. Uh, this time he's hired by a meth to protect him, but when he shows up to do the job, the guy's already killed and they've wiped the memory banks, and so now he's got to find out who set him up because he needs to find his 
long lost love from the Civil War 200, 400 years prior. So I'm still going to watch Alter Carbon. It's not bad. Um, I did mention Red Sun earlier. I was the movie ends in a very different way than the book does. Mm. And I was really expecting the ending. And maybe that's something that Warner Brothers is doing is they're changing enough in the movies to where it's not just a straight up adaptation so that people who are already familiar with the source material are surprised, maybe. But I was really waiting for the the big ending of, uh, hey, it's now a billion years in the future and here's what happens. But we didn't get that. So I don't know. Go check it out. The animation is really cool. The the fight scene, which you can see, I think Warner Brothers released um, a whole clip of it of the Green Lanterns fighting uh, Soviet Superman. And it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool fight scene. Um, and there's some good philosophical conversations to be had as well, especially in light of things going on in the world that people might want to check out. But is it a jump to it? Got to see it? Probably not. But it's definitely if you get a chance to watch it, watch it. So anybody else watching anything else interesting, Rodrigo? Are you watching anything interesting? I'm four episodes into Hunters. Oh, this mm. is the uh, the Nazi Hunters thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. is that? Uh, it's fun. I'm, I'm having a good time with it. Um, the, like the pilot really, uh, spends a lot of time building up the mystery. And then once the second episode hits, it has a, a, a somewhat jarring kind of tonal shift where now you are kind of seeing what the main character imagines things to be like. So mm. a lot of the stuff in the trailers that you see where there's like a dance number that's like kind of happening in somebody's head and like where you see like the 70s style like black exploitation posters of the characters that's also kind of happening in people's heads hmm. um so that that was weird but so far i'm liking it i uh it, it's it's interesting because the premise of the show is like uh, in the 70s, uh, there are Nazis in the United States which have been brought over often by exact often by the U.S. government to um, to work on projects uh, in NASA in uh, NASA and in the government and yep. for weapons testing and things like that. Project Paperclip. And um, yeah, and it's like, oh, these guys are looking looking for them and stuff. And I'm like, uh, but that that did happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, where's the, where's the lie? <laughs> yeah. So it's like the, I guess the, the, um, the fantasy of it is that anyone ever did anything about it. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to see. Um, it's kind of revenge porny. Um, so if you don't like violence, this is not going to be a show for you. And if you don't like basically your protagonist being extremely violent, um, then this is not going to be a show for you. And again, I haven't gotten all the way through it, so I can I can only say that up to episode four, it still has my attention. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you did you see um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I haven't. No. OK, because I was wondering because that the end of that just feels like a lot of revenge porn, like. Sure. Quentin Tarantino yeah. just going, ah, if only this would have happened instead. Ah, look at what right. could have changed. And, you know, it kind of feels that way. Or I guess uh, Inglorious Bastards kind of the same way, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else is Matthew? Are you watching anything uh, on the regular besides uh, right reruns of How I Met Your Mother? 
the weird part is uh, my my most looked forward to show right now is season five of frickin' Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, is that a good one? It is remarkable. Is, the thing about it is the Adam really still on enjoy, there. Is, is he off already? Adam's still on there. As of you know this uh, speaking right now, there's an episode airing. But Legends of Tomorrow season five has twelve main characters, six of which are female. Four of the female characters are people of color. It's just an amazingly weird, crazy show. And the you can't predict what's going to happen. They did a whole riff on teen slasher movies the week after they did a, a 30s uh, gangster movie. And then they transitioned into this weird exorcist thing. It's really amazing. And what's what but my favorite that- part of it is. Hasn't that how it's been since the beginning? Because, I mean, it was always like, oh, this no. week we're going to go do Jonah Hex, so we're going to do the Western. It's, it's been weird, but it's never been like this because oh, okay. you can't even really tell what genre the show is going to be. I mean, last season they they broke out huge with a whole Bollywood episode mm-hmm. that had musical numbers and it had just amazing moments in it. But this season, every episode has been just something crazy go nuts that I love. And you know how Tom Cavanaugh on The Flash has played like 19 different people? Mm-hmm. Almost everybody on the show is getting to do that because of the time travel. One of the characters from last season, who was this uh, gritty future hacker girl who was kind of cynical and really smart, uh, because they changed the timeline, is now basically a Kardashian. And the actress is clearly just having tons of fun with it. And they keep having these moments where they're like, you know, the girl that you got to know last season is still in there. But the actress is still playing this, you know, bubble-headed influencer from the year 2040 who only wants to know how many cat chat followers she has at any given moment and is remarkably beautiful. And I have a terrible crush on her, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really loving that show, and I kind of – I want to watch that immediately. Yeah. The, I haven't seen the season finale of Doctor Who yet, but I Neither hear that I. it's a it's a brain scrambler. Uh, this season has been pretty solid on Doctor Who. I mean, Doctor Who, I watched up until the big reveal. Uh, I don't know. I the mean, this is major spoilers. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, people jump ahead about I 10 minutes. I don't think that the big reveal is what you think it is. Well, no, because apparently the final episode is the one that uh, makes it even crazier where, yeah. uh, you know, the there's this uh, episode. I think it's episode four where she oh. um, the doctor finds this person who is like oh no i'm the doctor and oh. it's uh it's a person that we've never seen play the doctor and oh. uh that was pretty pretty different so is this before hartnell's doctor or is this um is this one of the war doctor doctors uh what's going on and uh <laughs> the season finale i guess goes even beyond that huh well, here's the thing. I am not going to spoiler it for you, but old school Doctor Who fans may understand when I say three words to you. Cartmel Master Plan. Yeah. The Cartmel Master Plan is uh, something from the mid-1980s. Uh, the showrunner back then was a man named Andrew Cartmel. And Andrew Cartmel, throughout the seventh Doctor's Adventures, that's, of course, uh, McCoy. Yeah, Sylvester, Sylvester McCoy. McCoy. Yeah. Yeah, who was small and very Scottish, kept planting these hints that we didn't know as much about the Doctor as we thought we did. He did not think that it was cool that we were learning all about his family and this planet and we knew everything about him. And he kept throwing in these moments of mystery, and these things that didn't make sense. And apparently uh, the current season has been the Cartmel Master Plan turned up to 11. So this is just so. basically throwing in 
uh, stuff that people thought was non-canonical and then saying, oh, well, no, this stuff happens. Yes and no. I mean, I mean I'm fine if this. Uh, there's the, no uh, the, such thing as canon in Doctor Who. Right, um, right. But I'm just saying if the uh, if the person that we saw and I think it, I literally think it's episode four. Yeah, if if she right. is also a doctor mm-hmm. and it is the doctor and mm-hmm. it is the doctor before uh, Hartnell, the first doctor, I'm totally OK with that because, you know, with uh, Smith, they they basically got rid of the regeneration limit. And so you can have as many doctors as you possibly want. The, the the regeneration limit has been essentially meaningless since season three back in 72 because the introduction of the master who was on his 13th life yeah. 45 years ago and has found literally six different ways to get around the regeneration limit. But, I mean, if you go back to 76, The Brain of Morbius, uh, it's a 13th season uh, serial, we actually see the fourth doctor – in a brain duel and we see him traveling back through his history in his brain so we see him become the third and the second and the first doctor and then we see faces that no one has ever seen Mm -hmm. and there are like five or six characters there that at the time were meant to be perhaps unknown incarnations of the doctor that no one's ever done anything with so i feel like uh well first of all the current showrunner is a super super nerd who is almost exactly my age and grew up with my doctor literally to the point where there's uh if you go back there's somewhere on the internet a clip of him as a 13 year old fan right complaining about the writing on doctor who (laughs) Uh, which I think is just absolutely adorable that he grew yeah. up to try and fix it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Doctor Who this season uh, promises to do something. Now, if it goes anywhere. Well, I mean, the the finale with the Cybermans coming back and then the Christmas special or the New Year special is all about the, it, the uh, it, what is it, Rise of the Daleks or something, I think is what they said if, the title was. If it goes anywhere. I mean, they did a lot of these things with uh, during Eleven's tenure where it seemed like a big game changer, but it was really more set dressing. There's one episode where he shows up and he's like, yep, do 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 I'm 1,200 years old. And everybody's like, wait, you're 1,100 years old. And he's like, oh, right. I haven't seen you in a while. And I'm just right. like, well, yeah, okay. That's that's cool and all, but what does it mean in the story? And what it really means is, hey, look, it's Rory and Amy. Let's talk about them a lot. So I mean, if it goes anywhere. What were you going to say, Rodrigo? Uh, definitely, uh, you know, somebody, somebody once told a Doctor Who writing staff, um, hey, does, doesn't that mean that – the uh, Eccleston doctor was only alive for like was only the doctor for like six months, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we got to start writing things where like the doctor just goes off for like a hundred years at least at a time, <laughs> and just yeah. goes and has other adventures so that we have like places to fit in like comic books and uh, mm-hmm. radio serials." Yeah, yeah. Ashley, have you been so- watching the Doctor? Or are you a Whovian? I like Doctor Who, but I have come to the conclusion that Chris Chibnall Doctor Who is not for Ashley. Mm. Well, that's legit. I mean, and that's okay because in like you know the the thing about modern Who is you get three series and then they shake it up a little bit. So yeah, so, yeah. Chibnall has a very like specific sort of take on everything. Yeah. I I got to get caught up. I I saw that the season finale. Um, uh, 
aired and I was like, wow, that was quick. And then, of course, go back, rewind a little bit to our conversation about I'm okay with a tight 10. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. it was 10. It was solid. I mean, yeah. this season, did, I did feel like they were kind of uh, hitting you over the head a lot with the <sighs> message that they were trying to drive home each episode. They- yeah, Chip Doll is not known for subtlety, but subtlety. But that's okay because, you know, not everybody needs subtlety. And there's a point, you know, if you go back and look at a Russell T. Davis episode where the subtlety is so subtle that I have no idea what the hell it was all about sometimes. So, you know, you move back and forth, I guess. I will say, I do think that um, the new Doctor Who has some pretty great casting. You really enjoy uh, the master. And I really no. like the fact that they have a large cast again. And it's not... I mean, Graham is just a goddamn gem. Yeah, it's not Handsome Doctor and the girl who has a crush on him this season. Mm-hmm. And that's that's unfair to modern Doctor Who. And I, I understand that. I admit that. But, you know, there's a point where... Um, well, thanks, David Tennant, for that. <laughs> well, if you go back to the fifth doctor, part of the reason the fifth doctor had so many people in the TARDIS was they wanted to stay entirely away from that because he was young and handsome. And you didn't want a young, handsome man with two pretty girls. So they kept throwing characters into the TARDIS to try and, you know, take the curse off of it. But I really like seeing that return with the kid and his grandpa and their friend and the doctor's this giant weirdo. And it's I mean, it's nice to have an older person in the TARDIS, someone over 30. And I'm still mad about the guy. Uh, I don't know which website it was, and I wouldn't say it if I did. Uh, they're like, we're going to rank all Doctor Who companions. Okay, first and foremost, all Doctor Who companions means everybody since Rose. Secondly, it mm-hmm. wasn't even all of those. And third, all of the people of color were in the bottom half. All of the women were in the bottom half. Graham was like second from the end and their number one modern companion. But Graham is awesome. Rory. Wow. Rory. But Graham is awesome. How is Rory the best of anything? Was it because he's the centurion who lived or whatever? You know what it was? It was because he was the, he was the handsome white male. Oh, He's not that handsome. No, he's not. I mean, he's a, he's well, a nice person, I'm sure. He's a good I, actor, but... I think he's handsome now. I think he's handsome when he's Rip Hunter. I didn't. I never yes. thought Rory was handsome. Yes. Yeah. But it, right. was, it was just so annoying and so obvious that it's just, yeah, they weren't it's, it's even It's quiz time. It is quiz time. Hey. Comic book quiz time. This is oh. everybody gets a chance to answer. I didn't study. I'm, I am, I'm pretty sure that all of these are super easy. Give me about handsome guys. I know it is. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody gets a chance to answer. Uh, we'll start with Matthew and then each person will get to ha- put in their answer. If you're right, you'll get a certain amount of points. If you're wrong, okay. you will lose a certain amount of points. And uh, then on the second question, then Ashley gets to go and then we'll cycle it around. So it's not always going to be Matthew going each time. Okay. So first question. Yeah. This is a comic book pseudo geography. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego tonight? The Black Panther rules this African kingdom. This is for five points. Wakanda. All right. Uh, Ashley? Is it the same question? It is the same question. Oh, Wakanda forever. All right. And Rodrigo? I will also say Wakanda. Of course it's Wakanda. What did I say? These internet quizzes are like just way too easy. Way easy. Question number two goes to Ashley first. Which city did the Golden Age Green Lantern patrol? Which city did the Golden Age Green Lantern patrol? Alan Scott? 
Uh, I, um, that, I don't know. All right. So you want to take a <laughs> guess? I, I could give you it. You could uh, subtract. City. Coast City. Okay. We'll it's put Coast, Coast Down City. City. I, know it's, I know it's not, but I have no idea. I just know I hate a stupid daughter. Okay. <laughs> Rodrigo, do you want to take a guess? Uh, wasn't it Gotham City? All right. We will find out in just mo- one moment. Matthew. It was Gotham City. It was indeed Gotham City. So five points for Rodrigo, five points for Matthew, Ashley, with a pass on that one. Negative 17. No, not <laughs> negative 17. Uh, this time, Rodrigo starts off. This was oh, the no. home planet of the Silver Age Hawkman and Hawk Girl. This was the home planet of the Silver Age Hawkman and Hawk Girl. Uh, Thanagar? Okay, Matthew. What is Thanagar? And Ashley. Thanagar. And these are way too easy. Do you know the uh, capital of Thanagar? Rancid. The capital city. (laughs) Oh, is it? Oh, that's terrible. I don't know. That just cracked me up. Which of these four, this is uh, back to Matthew this time. Mm -hmm. Which of these four locations was not a place the roving inhumans called home? And I think I probably should, I have to give these to you, but which of the following four locations was not a place the roving inhumans called home? The moon, the planet Hala, Mount Wundagore, or the Himalayan mountains? Ooh, that's a difficult one. Which of these four locations was not a place the roving inhumans called home? I'm going to say B. You're going to say the planet Hela or Hala? Hela. Okay. Uh, uh, Ashley? Well, I've never read an Inhumans story. Oh, well, stick around because we'll be reviewing one uh, this year on the Major Spoilers podcast. Uh, So, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) All right. Would you like to take a guess? The moon, planet Hala, Mount Wundagore, or the Himalayan mountains? No, I don't know. I I have, like, no basis to make a guess on. (laughs) Okay. And Rodrigo? Um... I want to say it's like it really seems like a comic book thing to put the Inhumans in Wundagore, but I hope that they didn't. So I'm going to I'm going to guess Wundagore Mountain. All right. Well, Ashley, you and Matthew share zero points this round because Rodrigo uh-huh. got it correct. Mount wow. Wundagore. Because they come from they Yep. They come from Cree stock. They're um, do you put that in aspic and try to serve it at a dinner party? <laughs> Yes, that's that's what goes into it, and then you float some shrimp in the center of it. Yep. All right, uh, Triton. Let's see, uh, Ashley, you get to start this question. Okay. Which DC Comics city was destroyed by the space tyrant Mongol in 1993? I don't know. So this would be the this would be when uh, Hal Jordan goes all crazy nuts. Because Mongol destroyed Coast City. It. Okay, so we'll put down Coast City, Rodrigo. Uh, I think it was Coast City. Okay, fine. We'll put uh, put that down for Rodrigo and uh, Matthew. I know it was Coast City. It was indeed Coast City. Five points for everyone. Da, 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 da. Rodrigo, the Silver Hello. Surfer, the Silver Surfer hailed from this planet. Oh, I know this. Okay. Um, I'm gonna be sad that I don't remember what it I was. I can give you. I, I can. I can subtract one of your points if you would like me to read off the four choices. Oh yeah, sure. All right, your four choices are Planet Malibu, Kolu, mm-hmm. Zinla, <laughs> or Xandar. 
Ooh. Maybe I don't know this. I want to say Zen La. Okay. Matthew. I am also going to say Zen La. Okay. And Ashley? I mean, I've never read anything with a Silver Surfer in it, so I guess I'll also say Zen La. <laughs> Congratulations. Five points for Ashley. Five points for Matthew. Four points for Rodrigo. Yeah. Zendar is. is the home of the Nova Corps. Yeah. All right. Colo uh, is the home of the Brainiacs. Yes. Matthew. Yo. Which East Coast town was the site of the Justice League original headquarters? I Happy know. Harbor, Rhode Island. Okay. Ashley? Happy Harbor. All right. Rodrigo. I'm going to write some coattails and say Happy Harbor. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Question number eight. The Fantastic Four in Fantastic Four number one, in which city was the team based? This is an Ashley question. I don't know. I've, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I don't know. New York. Take a, take a mar- <laughs> okay, a marvelous guess. All right. So, uh, Rodrigo. Oh, it's like some weird, really DC comic sounding thing. I want to say like, it's like Castle City or something. Oh man, you got to hate it when autoplay starts playing stupid music. <laughs> gets... right, so you're saying what, Rodrigo? What was your answer? I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't know, but I'm going to guess something like Castle City. Okay, and Matthew. Central City. You are correct, Matthew, for five points. Ah. Central City. All right. I remember because uh, the Fan Four Stick movie, Mm -hmm. um, they get uh, their command center at the end of it is like, oh, what should we call it? And they're like, let's call it Central City. And it's like, there's no reason for that other than it's a Fantastic Four (laughs) reference. But I guess there's no reason for that movie other than it's a Fantastic Four reference. Right. All right, Rodrigo, you get uh, this question. This was the Kryptonian city of Superman's birth. This was the Kryptonian city of Superman's birth. Uh, Thanagar City. Wait. Thanagar City. (laughs) Matthew? I don't remember, so I'm going to say Kandor. Okay. And Ashley? Uh, I mean, I guess Kandor. I don't know. Crap! It's Kryptonopolis. Kryptonopolis is the Son correct answer. Why are you looking those eating. things up? I'm not supposed to be I'm looking not these looking things it up. up. It just popped just, into my head. He just remembered oh, okay. it. Yeah. All right. Question it, it ten. It had to be something like that. I guess I was close. If I had just yeah. maybe if I had said Krypton City. Yeah. We would have the, the judges would have given me since I was literally what it means. A few points. Yes. All yeah. I could think was Candor or Argo, and I was like, it's not one of those. But yeah. <laughs> right. It was on the list. It was definitely one of the options. Both of those were. His cousin was from Candor, though, yeah. boy. Uh, here we go with the final question in this round, and it goes to, who are we back to, Matthew? Think back to me. Wally Kid Flash, Kid Flash West called this Midwestern city his hometown. What is Blue Valley, Nebraska? Okay. Ashley? His hometown or where he was based? Yeah, it calls it his hometown. Uh, I guess I'll go with Blue Valley then. All right, and Rodrigo? I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against the flow on this one. I'll say Blue Valley as well. All right, everybody is correct. Blue Valley, it is, and that brings yeah. us to the end of round one. Some of these were kind of tough. Yeah, yes. the Blue Valley was tough. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Uh, so Can't as I look at the uh, point score right now, we have uh, in first place Matthew with forty points. In second yeah. place, Rodrigo with thirty-nine points. 
<laughs> and Ashley uh, coming up with 30 points in that first round. Look, that's because I'm a girl and I don't read comics. And that's no. not <laughs> so I'm secure in that. Don't just worry a hair about flip. it. That was a I'm just flip. researching to cosplay as a podcaster. <laughs> that's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> I, th- I do think, though, the second round will be a little bit harder. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so uh, let me find <laughs> That's what it. what I want to hear. I think it will be. I mean, pseudo, pseudo geography was the. Yeah, pseudo geography was the first round. We'll see what happens in the second round. Meanwhile. In the Hall of Justice. Um, when I got a question for you. This I was uh, watching. Well, not me, but I was so pleased that I went upstairs uh, over the weekend. Uh, when I was taking a break from doing many, many, many major spoilers things. Mm-hmm. And the oldest, now age 12, was sitting around watching Spider-Man Homecoming. And I was like, oh, man, that's like the second best Spider-Man movie ever made. Because <laughs> no, obviously the first is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So yes. it's, it is an undisputed fact, Matthew. Undisputed fact. <laughs> I'm disputing fact. it, and thus it cannot be an undisputed nope, it fact. It is undisputed fact. Uh, but the question Why is: you? question is, when did Spider-Man get his powers in the MCU timeline? When do you think That's he got his MCU powers? The MCU has in, a timeline. Well, you know, Captain America, World War II, Iron Man, and then a bunch of other things. Then the Avengers fight the 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 giant monsters from the from the wormhole, and then yada yada yada. Avengers yeah, in game, but. Far From Home is the one that screws up the timeline. They had a pretty intact timeline until that. I'm going to say after the events. After the, the event. Avengers. Okay. I would yeah, say just, the, Avengers, the, the Avengers happened. Yeah. New York was blown all to, you know, as they say in Scottish, to, to F word. Yeah. And then... While they were rebuilding, all these things happened. Spider-Man was bitten by a radioactive spider. Like 14 different series happened on Netflix that they couldn't actually mention the Avengers. And then you get into your, you know, Avengers 2 electric boogaloo. That's, with what, the I, that's what I think. I put it, I kind of put the, the origin story that we never get, thank goodness, uh, with Tom Holland Spider-Man. Um, I put that right after the events of the Avengers movie. Yeah. Or right around that same time. It seems I mean, like... It be, right? Before that, you'd expect Peter to get involved. They're destroying Maybe, or, New no, York. If, He's if, a New except, Yorker. except Disney didn't own him then. <laughs> well, well, that's not the... There's that, but also, you know... Maybe he just recently had his powers. Maybe he's too nervous to get involved. Maybe just like with Hell's Kitchen doing its own thing during the event. Maybe he was doing his own thing, and that's a story we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Or maybe he was, uh, you know, out of town. Well, you know, you? there's a more... There's a, a more pressing and more dangerous uh, Spider-Man question that I have been asking for 45 years now. Why haven't people watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse at least 10 times already? That is a very good question. Yeah, I've been asking that for 45 years. No, here's the thing. I know it was really Peter weird Parker, when you were asking in high school and I was just like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> well, I am. I am a futurist. Peter Parker shares his home neighborhood with another famous fictional character. Yeah, Ben Grimm. No, Ben Grimm is from Brooklyn. Peter is from Queens. Oh, okay. The person with whom he shares his neighborhood is one Archibald Bunker. Yes. So why doesn't Peter Parker talk like this? Because not everybody has to talk like that. I feel like Queens. I feel like Tom Holland is trying to put some Queens in there. (laughs) 
I think he's trying just not to let his British slip through. Yeah, and 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 the easiest way to do that is to thicken up the accent. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's why that's there. I I recently watched uh, the Karate Kid again. Yeah. And listening to little baby Ralph Macchio, I'm like, oh my god, this sounds just like Tom Holland. I bet you, like, this is part of how he got that accent down because he sounds just like him. Yeah. Isn't Andrew Heathcliff also uh... the cat? No, the other Spider-Man. Oh, the other Heathcliff. Okay. Andrew, Andrew Garfield? He- Garfield, Andrew. thank you. I had the wrong, had the wrong <laughs> part. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. But nonetheless, <laughs> Johnny Marmaduke. <laughs> Isn't he also British, though? Yes. Yeah. I thought he was, like, super British, because occasionally he, you can hear it. He has a really interesting theory about why American accents are the way they are, because in, uh, you know, England is very small geographically and it's a very uh, uh closed off people yeah, so closed a, off have, system yeah you're on a big island very small accent you don't move your mouth very much it's all very contained and america <laughs> is wide plains with a lot of geography and big personality so you use your whole mouth when you talk and i don't know if i ascribe to that but i think it's kind of genius it is and uh anthony um Mackie. oh gosh Anthony not Anthony Mackie. He actually no. does play a pretty Perkins. good. I really yeah. like seeing him in, in Altered Carbon. He's pretty good. Not Perkins, the old guy from Westworld. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins? Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. I, I saw him once Anthony doing Perkins. an interview about how he does his Southern accent because he does this perfect American Southern accent. And he says that when I learn to speak, I learn to speak each word individually. And with a Southern accent, you just got to let each word kind of lean on the next word in the row. Did, did you guys and watch? I've uh, never forgotten that. Did you guys watch Knives Out? Who's seen Knives no. Out? I want to see Knives Out. The kid loved it, and she keeps insisting that we have to watch it. But it is it is very interesting to see James Bond pull a Foghorn Leghorn. Um, well, it's the, a very similar accent to an English accent. It's the yes. same part of the mouth because it's the it is derived from a, a, a similar class of people. Mm-hmm, I thought mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan was Irish. So. No, no, this is uh, current Daniel Bond. Craig. Daniel Craig. You said James he's, Bond. He's my good my James brain Bond. Actually, yeah, I would Gypsy say if, if we're looking at the, at, the, uh, at the best James Bond, there's definitely Daniel Craig would be number two. And um, uh, what's his name? Majesty's Secret Service, Lazenby, would be number one. <laughs> Yeah, that's, we did a top five on the uh, best James Bond. Undisputed like fact, there, Matthew. Six years ago, yeah. will you stop saying undisputed? Fact. Hey, so I what about this? I need you to look up the word undisputed. What? Yeah, no, nobody disputes me whenever I bring this up. So, Matthew, I'm very curious about this. Uh, Marvel <laughs> announced at the um, at the big uh, C2E2 that they're no, bringing Star Wars. Ultraman to the comic book pages, and I'm curious what oh. you think about seeing your giant. Uh, Giant man's in suits fighting giant kaiju in suits comic books. Well, with an asterisk, I'm interested. But it's the same asterisk that I have whenever people talk to me about Super Sentai and whenever people talk to me about Kamen Rider. The thing about Ultraman is that Ultraman started in 1967. Yeah, 67. Mm-hmm. There are like 40. Five I think this is I think this is um, not Ultraman Q, which was the first one, right? Or Ultra Q Ultra, or whatever. Ultra Q had no giant people in it. Ultra okay. Q was kind of just X, them y, fighting Z. the space. Yeah, the space right. monster. So Ultraman, Ultraman would be the series that followed after that. That's what this right. one is based on. It's on that 67 Ultraman. 
Yeah, the original Ultraman or Ultraman Prime or whatever you want to call him mm-hmm. is one of a bunch of Ultra Brothers. Yeah. So I'd like to see what they do with it. Do they have a boys band together? No, they they literally call themselves Ultra Brothers because they come from the planet of light, you see. Oh, and, they're, I see. They're all, and which one yeah, forms Ultraman, the head? Ultraman. <laughs> shut up. No, <laughs> they're separate characters. Ultraman was the first guy. Then there yeah. was like Ultra Seven. Yeah. Then there's Ace and then there's Leo and there's Taurus and there's Nexus and there's Ultraman 80. And there's like a 20 year gap in there. And then they come back and it's like we have a new Ultraman every 45 minutes. I want to say the last Ultraman that I remember was actually partly blue. Ultraman Chronicle Zero and, Gr- and Geed. Zero and Geed is the current series. Is in it? 2020. I, yeah, I may be a one behind then because the last one that I was familiar with was RB. That is like one, two, three, four behind the current one. Yeah, because Ultraman, Ultraman RB had a guy called literally Ultraman Blue. Red and blue, just like Superman red and blue? No. It's did, they, like, like did, they to, <laughs> did they have to touch fists so they could join together to form the big giant robot? But Ultraman Blue is literally an Ultraman whose suit is blue. Mm-hmm. And then he hangs out with like Ultraman Rose, whose nice. suit is red. So where does Spider-Man fit into all of this? Do you think that's going to well, happen? S- Spider-Man showed up in 1963 in Marvel Comics. Oh, uh-huh. you mean Spider-Man? Yeah. And I Jet Jaguar. That, that was not Jet Jaguar. That was Leopardon. <laughs> hey, I'll give you credit. Like. He got a giant robot with a cat's name. I mean, Leopardon. That's, I mean, that's Jet true. Jaguar. That's like 40% right. Yeah, I see. Give it to him. Oh, I speaking mean, of forty percent right, it's, it's time Fred for round Savage. two. Fred round Savage two, it to comic book <laughs> pseudo science. 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 Round two works the same as the uh, previous round. Only I'm not going to reveal how many points each question is worth. <laughs> Just like in pseudoscience. Just like in pseudoscience. <laughs> maybe Which means Stephen can massage the numbers. I can massage the numbers however I want. However, Ashley, you did get to start this round off. Comic Ooh. book pseudoscience. The super vitamin developed by chemist, chemist Rex Tyler that gave him 60 minutes of super strength and speed of as our man was called. I don't know. Booster gold light. Now I can <laughs> deduct a point if you would like me to read the four options that you can choose from uh sure i won't know because everything i know about our man comes from the 15 seconds he was in legends of tomorrow all right there is your first option is x24 miraclo amazo or vitamin or as the british say vitamin 2x I don't know. It's not amazo um i don't remember the other ones so uh amazo all right <laughs> Oh, man. All right, Rodrigo, would you like to take a guess? Oh, man, I wasn't paying attention to the options. So the options are, if I could take a point away. Sure. Miraclo, X24, Amazo, or Vitamin 2X? I'm going to go with Miraclo. All right. And uh, Matthew. Well, uh, this, this is a difficult one. Because I can't remember what X24 is. I know the answer is Miraclo, but I Oh, X24 can't. is like one of the ones yeah, that so I know. One of the X24, no, X24 is not one of the X-Men. That's X23. X24 was in an X-Men movie. Yeah. Oh, that's true. 
Vitamin 2X was what the original Blue Beetle took to get his powers. Our man used uh, Miraclo. Miraclo. All right, and question. And is an android. I use Miracle Grow on my plants. There you go. And I use it on my forehead. That's, That's uh, how I like don't grow a bigger forehead. <laughs> I want You've a five his forehead. I mean, uh, a five Francis Schleicher. You get a five is great for wigs. I'll say no. that. Yes, I will take all manner of abuse from you about my malaprops and my inability <laughs> to remember the name of cartoon cats, but we do not engage in mockery of one another's looks, I, Mr. You Man. You just said you were talking about it. I'm just saying, have you seen his forehead? Maybe it's a good I, thing. Rodrigo, I, you get question number two. I'm drawing the line. This is an undisputed fact. <laughs> yes, that you're, yes, that everyone should check out your forehead. Rodrigo, that is an undisputed fact. Number two for you. A substance invented by Dr. Savannah that kept the Marvel family, as well as the Savannah family, frozen in time for 20 years. Um, I'd like to hear the options. All right. Your options are chronoplasm, suspendium, eternium, or rejuvium. I'm going to go with eternium. Okay. Matthew, would you like to take a guess? Uh, no, but I can tell you the answer. Well, you can take a guess, and maybe it is the right answer, <laughs> Sorry, and maybe that it is not. Really, really douchey. I apologize. Yes, most uh, certainly. My, my guess is suspendium. All right, and Ashley. Well, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth or the forehead, so I'll say suspendium. All right, <laughs> suspendium is the correct answer. You're right. lucky. You're my favorite wife. <laughs> Question number three goes to Matthew. Yes. Adam Strange routinely traveled from Earth to the planet Ran using this instantaneous means of teleportation. What is the Zeta Beam? Okay. Ashley. Yes, Zeta Beam. And I <laughs> knew that one. <laughs> All right. And Rodrigo. I also knew that it was a Zeta Beam. All right. Is the Zeta Beam is correct. Five points awarded on that one. Nice. Uh, we go now to Ashley, who gets us a, an X-Men question. Oh. Cyclops, Cyclops of the X-Men must keep his dangerous optic blasts, or the concussion yeah. blasts, at bay by wearing a visor or pair of glasses, it literally says that in parentheses, or pair of glasses <laughs> made from this substance. Red quartz. Okay. Rodrigo? I'm going to say ruby quartz. All right. And Matthew. I too shall say ruby quartz. Ruby quartz is the correct answer. Ashley, half points because rubies oh. are red. I, yeah, They're I wonder if real. they've ever changed that or, or if they've ever just called it red quartz in the comics. It's fine. All it right. Truly uh, doesn't nope, matter. That's fine. <laughs> Rodrigo. Yes. Discovered in the year 2965 A.D., this metal is the hardest and densest substance in the DC universe. Uh, I'm going to go with Nth metal. Okay. Matthew. I believe it's in Neutron. Okay. And Ashley. I don't know. Something stupid they probably introduced in metal. <laughs> All right. The correct answer is, of course, in Neutron and People, if you yeah. uh, listen to the Legion Clubhouse podcast that Matthew and I uh, co-host, all about the Legion of Superheroes, you will know that a neutron was introduced in the Legion of Superheroes in the year 2965, a.k.a. Adventure 1965. Comics number 336, uh, yeah. I believe. 
All right. Who are we on? Uh, Matthew, is that who we're on? I think so. That sounds right. The original name of the device used by Starman to channel ambient cosmic rays into energy blasts, solid light forms, and the ability to fly. Oh. The original name of the device used by Starman to channel ambient cosmic rays into energy blasts, solid light forms, and the ability to fly. Oh, I want to say... I can't remember which came first now. I'm going to go with Cosmic Rod. Okay. Ashley, would you like to guess Ruby Rod? Uh, I'd like to guess Ruby Red, if okay. anyone understands right. that reference. Right. I love her. She's wonderful. Any uh, any other guess, or you don't know? You're going to go um, with... No, I actually... I'm waffling, I think, like Matthew, between two forms. Okay. Um... I'm going to hop on the bandwagon and say Rod as well, but I'm going to be real mad if it turns out to be the other one. Okay. And Rodrigo. I'm going to say Star Belt. Okay. Mm. So zero points are awarded in that round. I thought the belt was my other guess. Yeah, it's not the the Cosmic Rod. It's the Gravity Rod. Uh, Yep. I could not remember. The belt was actually the Star Spangled Kids thing. Right. And then he passed it on to the second Star Spangled Kid, who Were then you... actually became a double legacy by taking on the Cosmic Rod after Jack Knight, the seventh Starman, retired. Were you thinking Belt as well, Ashley? Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the Star Spectre. I couldn't remember. The, sar- the Star Scepter was another choice. I was trying to remember the beginning of the, of, the, of the James Robinson Starman, where he, you're kind of getting your like history lesson on... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The character and his trappings. But mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. first was reading about Starman in uh, All Star Squadron, I believe they called it the Stellar Rod, Ooh, which cool. is why I couldn't remember if Stellar became came before Cosmic, and I completely forgot about gravity. So, all right, uh, I think we are starting with who's the starting person this time, Ashley. Ashley. Sure. This special technology was used to create fabric for costumes that allow the Fantastic Four free use of their unique powers. Uh... It's um, unstable uh, molecules. Per, oh, never mind. Uh, well, uh, Rodrigo? <laughs> Points for everyone. <laughs> Rodrigo. Uh, yes, also, I will also guess that from their head down to their shoes, they were unstable molecules. All right, Matthew. They also endorse RC Cola and Cruise for Chicks with Arnim Zola. All right. Going on to the next question, Rodrigo. That point, that one was worth 20 points. Wow. Yeah. That uh, was a tough one. Yeah. Rodrigo, a Golden Age super speedster named The Wizard, gained his powers from this b- bizarre Peeing. event. Peeing. <laughs> uh, Golden Age super speedster named The Wizard gained his powers from this bizarre event. Oh, it, it must have been a golden star shower. <laughs> Matthew, would you I'm like just to? taking the hit on points to make that one. Uh, no, no. I mean, Zeus probably could have uh, could have uh, come yeah, down as Steven. a golden shower. And Stephen, I'm just saying, go back and read your mythology. Stephen, Zeus came down, visited the women, and it I'm says aware, golden shower. Right. I'm aware. So the wizard, Matthew, the wizard, wizard from this bizarre event. Yes. So the wizard got his powers from a transfusion of mongoose blood to cure the bite of a cobra. All right. And Ashley, would you like to uh, take a guess? 
I'd love to jump on that bandwagon and say mongoose blood and cobras. Mongoose blood <laughs> is the correct answer. <laughs> There's only, actually a, only a worth, while in 1942 where he's literally got a dead turkey on his head. It's amazing. Only worth one point. Damn you. That was Rodrigo's question. Uh, that's true. Uh, Matthew, this one is yours, though. Okay. The name of the scientist who accidentally teleported John Jones from his home on Mars to the planet Earth. His first name varies, but his last name is Erdl, Dr. Erdl. Okay. Uh, Ashley, would you like to take a guess? Well, I would pronounce it Dr. Erdahl personally, but... All right. And Rodrigo? <laughs> I will also say Dr. Erdl. Dr. Erdl <laughs> rhymes with turtle for the win. Rhymes with Yertle the turtle. Final At question. Point, his first name was Saul, but I think they changed that. Yeah, In it King says Doctor Mark. It says Doctor Mark Yertle. <laughs> Yertle the turtle. Yertle the turtle. Also, in a bizarre incident. Mm. Yeah, radioactive turtle blood. Yeah. Well, something had to get swapped, so now Yertle the turtle <laughs> is having adventures on Mars. <laughs> turtle blood. Radioactive turtle blood. Here we go for the final question in pseudoscience comic book pseudoscience. Uh, Matthew, you get this one. Uh, no, Ashley, you get this one. Sorry. Ashley does, yeah. Ashley gets this one. The reality-warping cosmic cube was, in quotes, created by the scientists of this evil international organization. International? I don't know. Um, I could I could read off the choices for a minus one point. I mean, it's... Uh, I know which ones I think it's between. I just don't okay. care enough about the cosmic cube to know which one it is. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, because I, yeah, I don't know. I'll just say Hydra and uh, people can scream at me on Twitter. All right. Uh, Rodrigo. I think it's AIM. All right. And Matthew. I agree. It is Advanced Idea Mechanics. All right. Or AIM. And AIM is, is the correct answer. That one worth 100 points. Wow. Yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, so let's see what we have here as I calculate up. Oh, spider, blood, my, spider blood, spider blood. Got to do my thing correctly here. Yeah. Undisputed mathematics. Matthew ends up with... Hold on, got to do one more thing. Got to do some calculations oh, and subtractions really for, bad, for bad bad, behavior. <laughs> Whoops, that one didn't do with that right. Equal sum, parentheses, bloop. And, uh, oh, it's very close. Uh, Matthew with 207 points. Mm -hmm. Rodrigo with 180 points. Ashley with 25 points. No, Ashley with uh, 100 <laughs> points. That's respectable. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, you know, overall, Ashley has a, a real life and a career and friends. And overall, stuff, though, so. uh, whoever was answering the question, whoever was the question and you put it in, you know, like, if you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, quartz, ruby red quartz glasses, and I clicked on that one in this, um, you know, I just went with the first answer that was given to me. Your mm. overall score for all of you, 70 out of 100. Oh, that's not bad. So we so missed three. Uh, yeah, three each or three in mm. both. You were 70 in the last one as well. So oh, that's a bummer. Uh, I was really hoping for a really good comic book trivia stuff because every time i go onto these you know if you go onto facebook or you see these uh there's one on men's health i was like i'm not giving them a trivia question about comic book from men's health because it'll be like what is hank pym's secret identity 
Pick well, wise, got like fair, six. Yeah, there's 195 of them. So right. currently, yeah. he's freaking Ultron. Yeah. Um. So it, you know, I didn't go with that, but I was really hoping for a really good comic book. Art this trivia. one, this one wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't. Yeah. And there weren't any overt errors, which happens a lot in you yeah. know the Buzzline quizzes. That yeah. You yeah. Get. No, this is this is one of those curated ones where people go in and correct yeah, stuff was, and and do stuff. So I like those, and it yeah. wasn't like you know. Weird stuff where it's like, where's Steve Rogers from? And I'm like, well, pick a Steve Rogers. There's like four answers. Yeah. So there you go. I hope everybody enjoyed the trivia. How did you do listening at home? How did you do? We want to, know, said, how, we want to know how you did. And you can tell us by going over to our Discord server. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Go into the major spoilers. Uh, maybe you could do it in the general. Just do it in the general one. And you can tell yeah. us how you scored. If you got 100%. On all the questions, if you knew that, oh, man, we should have given Ashley even like three quarters of a, of a <laughs> point on that one about the, the glasses, yeah. um, you know, you just know let us know. Wolverine and Cyclops are married now, so that's really the real gift. Yeah, that's Cyclops really the real <laughs> gift in life. Uh, the, uh, the Wolverine Logan movie debuted three years ago this week, you know, uh, yesterday, three years ago yesterday as of this recording. That's and it is movie. still one of the better black and white movies of all time. And uh, yeah, you can watch in black and white. I say it's better in black and white than in color. Hmm. Hmm. That's yeah. disputable, however. No, well, some people could say it, but I think once you watch it in black and white, you will say, no, they really shot this intending this to be a black and white movie, but the studio was nervous and made them release it as a color movie, but they really could have released it as a black film. and white. That's yes, that's what they should have done. George Miller, the same way with... Uh, uh, Fury Road or Happy Feet. Happy Feet should have been a black and white movie. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just been, I mean, it's about penguins. Why not? It's almost a black and white movie. No, that one penguin's yellow. Uh, so here's another question that I have for you. Uh, we were talking about color and the role that color plays in film today in class. Mm. And I was talking about how color can serve as a counterpoint to lead you in and mislead you. And I mm -hmm. postulated to the class, not the Johnny Depp, uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Mm -hmm. But the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, uses color to draw you in and make you think that it is a happy, fun film, when in reality, it is a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Discuss. Well, there are definitely aspects. I don't know if I would call it a horror movie. I mean, I it mean, has a lot of the all tropes. All the kids disappear <laughs> one by yeah. one. So probably the the thing that does make it more most like a horror movie is its structure like mm -hmm. i think you can ask kids or anybody is willy wonka scary and they might answer no although some kids were scared by it oh yeah matthew um, was scared by it yeah so whether it's scary or not actually doesn't matter because there are plenty of movies that would clearly be considered horror that are not scary mm -hmm. so from a purely sort of mechanical standpoint you do get a bunch of people that get some sort of summons to meet someplace and then they're picked off one by one that's a horror film yeah and the pure one uh the untainted mm -hmm. one the virgin is the, the virgin, one who yeah. survives at the end right charlie is a final girl yeah. Ashley, what are you? What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I don't like this movie. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, I, I saw it once and was like, "That's too much." I don't, I don't need this movie. I don't like it. So, so about a year ago, probably about a year ago, 
the youngest read uh, the book, right? The Rodal mm-hmm. book. Or the, what is it? Rodal Rondal. Roldal. Roldal. That's right. Roldal. Yeah. And he was like, oh, we got to watch the movie, Dad. We got to watch the movie. And I was like, well, you know, instead of watching the, you know, the, the, the really not good one, how about we watch the Gene Wilder one? He's like, yes, that's the one that I've been told. I guess his teacher told him to watch that one. That's the one that I want to watch. The one, the, 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 the old one, the original one. And I'm like, okay, we'll sit down and watch it. And we watched it. And at the end I said, so what did you think? Cause he knew from the book exactly what was coming. And he goes, it's kind of scary and it's kind of weird, but I kind of like it. And can we watch it again? And I think he watched it two more times that weekend by himself. Um, but he yeah. got a kick out of it. But yeah, I think, it, it, you know, I, I think it's just a fine movie. Um, but when I, when you really start thinking about it, how they use color candy, to draw you in and think that everything's a magical world and everything's fine. And then Augustus Gloop gets murdered by the chocolate river. And then Veruca salt goes down the, goes down the bad egg. Well, and violet blows up like a giant blueberry. That's, that's a horror movie right there. Yeah, but they don't die. Well, it's a kid's they movie. They, they, they have to, they have to get the PG rating on there. So, uh, let's see. I think that's it. Oh, anybody, uh, anybody has read the Artemis Fowl books? Uh, I haven't read. You haven't read I've, the Artemis Fowl books, or I mean, you put that as a question mark, like I haven't read. Like, I feel it, like I have. But so Artemis Fowl—it's like Harry Potter, but uh, Artemis Fowl is a bad guy. He's the—he's a thief wizard. Trying to remember wizard. what year did those come out? I want to say like twelve, thirteen years ago. Then no, I haven't. I'm thinking okay. of something else. You're thinking of Fable Haven. Something from the 90s. Thinking of no, Animorphs. Think, I'm thinking of the Belgariad, actually. Uh, to 2001, so almost 20 years ago, um, that the first book came out. So the, wow. the, the trailer dropped. It's now a Disney movie. And I don't know if you guys saw the trailer and what your thoughts are on that. I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is what happens when Disney rests uh, um, Spy Kids away from uh, Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> so there's giant thumb creatures running around and freaking everybody I mean, out if you haven't seen the trailer it really feels like spy kids it it really does feel like a like a hybrid of like i mean it it, it feels like harry potter very much yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I think they're they're kind of banking on that and and really watching that trailer i thought to myself wow this must have been stuck in litigation in the early 2000s because why didn't anybody anybody pull the trigger on this while harry potter mania was a big deal while yeah, like so there the was like that huge uh ya mm-hmm. boom in in mm-hmm. movies yeah no there was definitely attempts to get artemis fowl made but mm. in the books, he is definitely a bad guy. Like he's the one that does the kidnapping and he's the one that does uh, the bad stuff. Here's the uh, just the series overview in the first book. Artemis Fowl, 12 year old genius Artemis Fowl kidnaps Holly Short, a fairy and a captain of the lower elements police reconnaissance or uh, reconnaissance force. He holds her for ransom to exploit the magical fairy people and restore her family's fortune. Uh, so that's that's the first movie. And that's not the way the trailer comes out. So I did see some people. Yeah kind of complaining that oh wow they turned artemis fowl into a good guy instead of a bad guy i i have only seen complaints about that trailer uh just from people i follow online i don't i don't know anything about it i don't know i've never read it but i have yet to see a positive comment about that trailer uh so far yeah ashley have you ever read the books 
Uh, yes, I started the first one and I didn't like it. And, and, so and I was it because he was the bad guy or was it for other reasons? Um, I don't think the writing in it is particularly good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, just I like in the, terms of the storytelling. I read um, the first whereas, chapter uh, and I didn't care for it. There's, um, he's also, yeah, he's a total dick. There are other books that kind of fill that same age gap that I think are better. Like I think the Percy Jackson books are just like head and mm-hmm. shoulders, a better option and, that, and, and so, they're better written. So when we were, when the boy was of age to be starting like an Artemis Fowl book or the Harry Potter books. He didn't care for the Harry Potter that much. So I was like, well, what about Artemis Fowl? And we are at the bookstore and I kind of was sitting there and I read through the first chapter. And I was like, yeah, this probably isn't really good. He did end up reading Percy Jackson and really enjoyed that. I think he read the entire series of Percy Jackson books. And then the books that I was really surprised that he got in on. Um, let me find it here. It is a series of books by Stan Lee called The Zodiac Legacy. Um, it's by Stanley and Stuart Moore, and it's about um, this kid. And there's only three books in the series, um, mm-hmm. but it's about going and rescuing dragons and and other things and unlocking superpowers and stuff. The way he always described it, it sounds like a good thing. But that was the first time that I ever saw him really dive in and really want to read an entire series of books. And when he got to the third one, he's like, oh, that's the end. I'm like, yep, there you go. And I forget when the third one came out. Um, it came out in, oh, of course it doesn't say here, but I want to say it came out before Stanley just kind of basically was like, I'm, I'm going to just be a retired Stanley and just do my, do my cameos. So, yeah. So that, that was a book the, that YA people may like. What's another good YA book series, Ashley? Um, uh, Lisa Yee, who wrote the DC Superhero Girls novelizations, which is an incredible series in and of itself, um, has a book called Millicent Min, which is really, really wonderful. Uh, that's for like uh, a grade school reader. I really like those. And what's that about? Because uh, on- the, the youngest is looking for new books. We're trying to get him to stop reading. Well, not stop reading, but not constantly read and reread. Um, um it's like a, it's like a kid all of her books are about um elementary or middle school aged uh asian kid geniuses and how they either love star trek or comic books and how they get in and out of various circumstances you know various hijinks okay. um those are really good they're, they're not part of a series but each of her books is very thematically similar um reina telgemeier's books are great of course if you're on the comics side um Ooh, um, um, his dark materials. Oh, yeah. I just finished the last one. Uh, they are fully written for twelve-year-old children, and I cried during the Amber Spyglass. As a grown-up, in reading it in bed with my husband, I was in tears. So, so those are really you, good. Did They're you watch the HBO series then? Not yet. I went ahead and canceled my HBO series before I got to the end of that series. I'm um, so, so I don't know how it turned out. Behind but it looked very on interesting. TV, we're watching. Um, Lost in Space, season two right now. Oh, I, uh, oh yes. Uh, I won't tell you how that ends, but I was very surprised at how it ended. And they also were no how, longer lost or in space. Uh, they are both lost and in space, and they are double lost in space. So I'll just say that. And that'll yeah, make I up just, plenty I just of sense when you get there. I just got to the episode where uh, Dad fell down the well and Judy had to go. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you're yeah, almost no. to the end. I, yeah. d- so let me ask you this, because this is like episode six or seven that you're on. Yes, yeah. Does it feel like... The show is spinning its wheels a little bit. Yeah, I think season two is definitely not as good as season one. Yeah. Um, I loved season one. 
which is why I was so excited for season two. I still think it has a fabulous cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when they had to sail their spaceship yes. through the ocean yes. in the first episode, I was yes. like, oh, boy, yeah. we really just got to make sure we're still lost, still in space. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to, you know, it's easy for me to say this. I didn't work on it. I don't know. You know it's, it's always easy to backseat. Uh, armchair quarterback i would have liked to see them um i don't know maybe get to alpha centauri i mean i don't see the show going longer than three seasons because those kids are gonna grow up and go on to other things and kind of like that's the prediction everyone has for lock and key just haven't watched which is why i guess lock and key kind of speeds through some of the source material because kids grow man yeah uh i will say this they basically condensed the entire series into the first season but there's mm-hmm. a twist, and this is one of the things that I was talking about earlier, how that you introduce a twist into something to keep the people who are diehard fans interested. And mm-hmm. I did a whole review this past week on Finally Friday. So if people are interested, I kind of I tried to avoid as many spoilers as I could. But there's a twist on the end that I didn't see coming. And when they revealed it, I was like, oh, that totally makes sense. And what's going on? There are a few uh, open questions that are not answered. Uh, but they literally took that entire first season or the first uh, yeah, season and crammed the entire series into it. And so, uh, you know, get to it when you when you get to it. Um, if you are a diehard fan of Lock and Key, this is something that, you know, get to it when you get to it. It's not a rush out and watch. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Now, if you've never read Lock and Key, by all means, go check it out because you'll probably love it. So. Oh, and I I'm almost finished reading um, a Star Wars original middle grade novel called Force Collector by Kevin Shinnick. And oh, nice. it is shockingly good. And it's set between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. And it's, you know, it's it's characters you've never met before doing stuff that doesn't affect the overall Star Wars plot. But it's still really good and interesting. And I always think that, like, that's a feat. And then to do that. For a middle grade audience and not talk down to your readers mm-hmm. is quite an accomplishment. So uh, if you're tiny humans like Star Wars, Force Collector uh, is really, really good. Yeah, I'm going to uh, wrap up this week's episode by talking just a little bit about the Wanderers from Chuck Windig. I think that's how you yes. say his last name. Uh, I'm wrapping this all the way back around to the conversation that started our uh, pre-show this week with the, uh, the, the COVID-19. Uh, the Wanderers is a creepy as heck book. And it has, I I guess, you know, I started reading it before the whole uh, thing started happening. And just the things that are happening in the book, you can tell he did his research on how viruses and diseases spread. And, you know, this is a this is a book that legitimately has me bothered when I read it. And the closest thing that I can compare it to, Matthew, and this is why you might want to pick this up as well, is Uh there are parts of it that remind me a great deal of The Stand. And knowing that you're a Stephen King fan, I don't know where you sit on the stand. Um, this feels well, I like I prefer a v- not to stand. I prefer to sit. <laughs> to sit. Okay. And the the stand is actually such a huge book that anybody can sit on it. Uh, this sure. this book, and I don't have the physical form. I'm I'm reading it in audiobook format. Um, it is a it is a lengthy volume. Um, this has got to be at least as long as um oil the the Steinbeck or not Steinbeck um. Oil, by yeah, Steinbeck. not not by Steinbeck. Uh, <laughs> Sin, uh, Upton Sinclair, that's who it is. Um, because it is taking me a long time to get through this book. Most books I can get through in a week, week and a half tops. This one I'm listening to at least twice a week, if not more. 
Um, and I'm averaging about two hours at a time to get through this. And I just passed the halfway point on, uh, on Thursday last week. So it's, it's a long book, um, but it's very well done. But if people want to get a kind of an idea of, and it's a fictionalized story, but if they're wanting an idea of how viruses spread and how, uh, people get infected and the fact that diseases can be dormant for a long period of time and you can be walking around, uh, infected without even knowing it. Um, this book definitely goes into that. Uh, if you are someone that is upset about or bothered about uh, the uh, coronavirus, I would say probably wait and read this at another time. <laughs> but uh, this is a very cool. good book. I was very surprised. I don't know if this is the first or second book of his that I've read because he's done some Star Wars stuff. And I did read a Star Wars book not too long ago. And I can't I haven't gone back to look and see if he also uh, wrote that one as well. Have you read um, uh, uh, Andromeda Strain? I ha- well, yes, I have read that. That I feel was like the f- that's the primer that you read before you graduate. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, man, that was as a kid. I saw the movie before I ever read the book. And that movie scared the bejeebus out of me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's that scene where, and the movie is very much different from the book. There's the, that scene where they're in the desert in their spacesuits and they cut open that guy's arm and just sand comes pouring out because all of his blood has been dehydrated. Yeah. That freaked me out as a kid. And that was on over the air television. Then I read the book and then I read um, the, there were two other ones. Uh, Crichton came back and did another follow up um, scary disease book years later. Uh, but it was I want also to say it was called Epidemic, but that's wrong. That might be right. But the, the, the book that it was based on or the story it was based on, there is a real book telling about this outbreak in uh, Florida Keys called The Hot Zone. Mm-hmm. And The Hot Zone is in the in the uh, late 90s. I want to say late 90s, early 2000s is another book that freaked me out. And of course, we've yeah. talked before on Munchkin Land. What was that a computer game, Rodrigo, that that uh, creeped me the heck out because you're the virus and you're trying to kill off all of humanity? You remember Plague that Inc. one? Plague Inc. Yes. I had to stop playing that game because it freaked me out so much. We talked about it on Munchkin Land, and then the creators of Plague Inc. contacted me and said, this is what we were trying to do when we were oh, doing the game. Man. Yeah. I was just like, whoa. So we're trying to creep you up. Yeah. yeah you no, want to be it's definitely super creeped. Creep. Nobody's ever heard of it, but there's uh, a book with a similar premise called Blood Music by Greg Bear, which came out in the mid 80s yeah mm-hmm. uh and it's actually one of the earliest books that ever that i ever encountered that dealt with uh nanotechnology yeah but the nanotechnology kind of gets a little bit out of control does it things turn into really the gray, does it turn into the gray goo this actually i think predates the gray goo as a major trope it does oh, something okay. evil even creepier though no. it's super super creepy there's a horrifying scene involving a shower and it's not horrifying for the normal reason that a scene involving a shower would be. <laughs> but I do recommend it if you can find it. Blood What's Music it by Greg Bear. Blood Music. I'll look it up and yeah. see. Wonderful my, book. My, my list has grown. I, at the beginning of the year, I made a list. I started making a list of, here are all the books that I want to read this year. And this is a different approach as opposed to, you know, goal setting stuff that people have talked about before. Here's just a book, list of books that I want to read this year. And um, I only had like 15 books on my list. And I was like, Oh, this is disappointing. Cause usually I have a whole bunch of books that I want to read. And there's only 15 books on my list. Two weeks later, I downloaded a bunch of other books, just went on a buying spree on audible. And now I'm up to 42 books that I'm trying to get through this year. And I'm sure as soon as I'm done with wanderers, the other books are much, much shorter, 
and uh, I can't wait to to read through those. Um, there's a, there's another William Gibson, Gibson book on on my list. Uh, there is one called it's an Audible original. Body of Proof looks pretty good. I'm hoping that we get the next um, Happen Leonard story in Audible form because that comes out in July. I want to say uh, Tom Merritt's uh, follow up to Pilot X Trigger. Uh, apparently he put it in audible wrong. So I got it like a month before everyone else is supposed to come out in March 23rd. And he put, uh, February 23rd by mistake. Uh, so, uh, trigger is there. And if you are a fan of doctor who, I would recommend that you really read pilot X and then uh, read trigger next after that. So, um, there you go. There are some books. And I think that is where we're going to wrap things up, uh, this week, just kicking back, relaxing, talking with everybody. And, uh, hopefully you, the dear listener enjoyed that. The major spoilers, general talk. Saving Private Ryan. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with a regular show. Matthew, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, well, right now you can find me in the living room behind the couch. But if you're looking on the entire webs, I would look at Mighty King Cobra on the Twitter. You can also look at Mighty King Cobra on Instagram. I don't really do anything there. All right. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley B. Robinson. The B is very important. You can find me most of the times on Major Spoilers and in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network with Geek History Lesson. We are revving up to our super secret episode 300 that only Jason and I know what it's going to be. I bet it's so, Dr. Strange shows up. No, he does not show up what? in this. Form. How can you do a, a special without... Stephen Strange showing up to your show. We did our number one requested episode. <laughs> <laughs> and no, uh, it's pretty serious. Yeah. Pretty, right. pretty big deal. Just all right. Kidding. All right. And Rodrigo, where can people find you and all your stuffs? Uh, people can find me at fearsome critter on Twitter, except for today. Cause I'm avoiding it. Cause it's super Tuesday. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you can also find the uh, middle grade book that I wrote, The Tale of Tallest Rabbit, on Amazon. There nice. you go. By Rodrigo Lopez. That's what you want to look mm -hmm. for. Also, if you want to write to us, you can podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Check out our Discord. Don't forget our Patreon page is up there if you'd like to catch the first half of this episode, which is, if you enjoyed this episode, the Major Spoilers pre-show is pretty much this uh, leading up mm -hmm. into, the, into the main show. So if you enjoyed this... Become a silver level member at patreon.com slash major spoilers. We are going to be back uh, next week. Oh, I am super excited about this because I love the first book. Can't wait to read all of it. X-Men Grand Design next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. podcast is copyright 2020 by major spoilers entertainment llc